Hello and welcome to another edition of Thinking Aloud About Film. Today we're going to be talking about the first of two films that have been made available online thanks once again to the Taiwan Film and Audiovisual Institute and in this case the Harvard Film Archive um, who've made two films by Mo Tunfei available for the next week or in fact two weeks because you have a week to start watching them and then once you've started watching them you have a week to finish watching them so available till around the end of the first week of February. Um, so the film we're talking about today is I Didn't Dare Tell You from 1969 which was Mo Tunfei's first film. Um, so Jose what did you think? Um, just to say that along with the film what Harvard is providing are two lectures on the film. Mm. Now, I've not yet had uh, the opportunity of uh, listening to them, but one of them is by Victor Fan uh, from King's College, whose work I very much admire, uh, and you know who I'm sure kind of provides a very, very interesting context uh, for, for the film. Uh, I think I'll be dealing with it more just from a critical perspective, mm. like just responding to what I've seen and so often when dealing with foreign cinema, one doesn't really have as much context yeah. or history uh, as one would like to make even more sense uh, of the film. That said, however, I really love this yeah. film. Yeah, by, by the way, yeah. I've listened to, I, I watched um, part of the Victor Fan lecture, so the, the part that covers this film. So I've got some of the background and I'll, I'll drop that in as we, as we talk through it, because so, it, it is very interesting. Well, let's 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 move into that right away. So, you know, I feel like I really loved it. Mm. So why don't you give us some of that uh, context from Victor Fan, and then we can move on to talk about the film specifically. Mm. Yeah, sure. So um, one of the one of the first things he does is put this film in the context of Taiwanese history. Um, so because it was very controversial, I mean, it was effectively banned at the time for reasons which I think, as, as a non-Taiwanese viewer, are not readily apparent. Um, the first interesting thing that I didn't realise is Mo Fei actually plays the teacher's boyfriend in the film. Ah, um, so that's that's really interesting. Um, yes. He talks about Fan talks about the um, the healthy realism films. So we, we've we've talked about that previously in some of the discussions. Yeah, and the idea that the um, Kuomintang government had these um, very strict principles of of um, what culture should look like and how to live your life, and essentially there are these four four principles. I'm going. I am going somewhere with this. <laughs> so there are these yes, four. Yeah, no, there are I'm these fascinated. <laughs> four, four four principles of the new life movement, which was kind of spearheaded by by Chiang Kai Shek and, and his wife. And so the first one is ritual, which is all about um, not religious ritual, but all about the kind of day to day rituals of how you greet people and how you show respect to your betters and this kind of thing. Um, the second one is responsibility, so, so it's a, taking responsibility for your actions and, and doing everything in the, in, the, in the proper way. The third thing is frugality, which is because there were limited resources in Taiwan, you had to be very careful with your money and spend it wisely. And the third one was shame, which is that if you're not frugal, then you should be shameful for not having been frugal. So these were these four really important principles that you had to live your life by. And this film basically trashes all four of those principles. Yes. Uh, it definitely which, touches on all of them. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the other point he makes is that the... So um, we'll talk about the plot shortly, but the, the teacher is, at the start of the film, she's very strict, she's very pedagogical, pedagogical she's 
um, forcing the students to show proper respect. She's got yes. her hair scraped back. She's wearing glasses, taking things very seriously. Um, and effectively... She's got a wonderful... She's got a wonderful line where she says, I must always, a teacher must always maintain their dignity. <laughs> exactly. And so she essentially is behaving in the way that Chiang Kai-shek wanted people to behave and teaching in the way that he thought people should teach. Uh, but then along comes her bohemian hippie student boyfriend, played by Mo Tan Fei, who's saying, no, don't do that. <laughs> you know, just chill out and relax. And she takes the glasses off, she lets her hair down, starts being friendly with the kids. So effectively, this is an argument that that you shouldn't um, follow those principles of Chiang Kai-shek. And similarly, the relationship with the father in the film, the father is a very kind of um, strict disciplinarian. And he, again, it's the, the, it's the child rebelling against the father. And this, this is why there's a, you know, there's a degree of controversy about this film, which you can't quite understand. Uh, mm. the, other, the other thing which is very interesting, and I won't, I'll probably leave it at this one, is he talks about um, a magazine called, I think it's called Theatre Quarterly, which was effectively the Taiwanese equivalent of Kaiju Cinema. So it was a magazine including filmmakers and including photographers, artists, writers, all working on this magazine and sharing ideas and you know, visual, visual ideas and, and film ideas and theatre ideas. So effectively, he, this is where Mo Tanfei was. He was you know, part of this group of people coming up with new ways of doing things and new, new, new ways of, of communicating. Now, the weird thing is, so he made this film and he made the second film, which we'll be talking about soon, both of which were banned, um, then did nothing for a few years. And later in life, he basically, if you look at his IMDb credits, he spent the 80s and 90s making these really um, violent sexual exploitation films with the Shaw Brothers, like Men Behind the Sun, which is all about, you know, uh, Japanese soldiers doing awful medical experiments on people and torturing them and uh, the, this this is the kind of film he ended his career making mm -hmm. but i guess if you're not allowed to work in the way you want to work that's what you do but... well what a loss to taiwanese cinema yeah, yeah because um i mean what i loved about the film is the way it tells its story so first of all its story is about this young boy who lives with his mother with his father the mother has died and before dying, the mother promised the father promised the mother that he would get an education for the son. However, the father has already contracted uh, the son to an apprenticeship for which he's received money with the local bookie slash funeral home. Right. So uh, as the story unfolds, and it turns out that the boy could do very well in school. Uh, the father backtracks on uh, this uh, uh, contract with his bookie and then has to return a certain amount of money uh, in order for the child to be allowed to go to school. Mm. Uh, now, uh, the son feels guilty about this, takes a job uh, in the evenings, of course is too tired, uh, falls back in school, is found out, the father thinks that he's sacrificed all of this for nothing, beats him brutally, but then the truth comes out and the son ends up going to high school, uh, which is shown in a most glorious communist wonderment mm. right? <laughs> <laughs> like officialdom. So that's the story. I, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So now the way that it's told that I found so fascinating was that 
uh, it's a melodrama, you know, and some people have been saying, oh, it's not really a melodrama because it lacks sentimentality. Nonsense. It's a melodrama. Mm. And so much of the effect on the, of the film, it's a melodrama in the best sense. I mean, I'm not using it in a pejorative sense, you know, but a lot of what the film is about is modernity, the family, you know, individual desires, uh, you know, versus social kind of restraints uh, uh, of various kinds. Uh, and it operates around a series of disparate knowledges, yeah? Mm. The father doesn't know what the son is doing, right? <laughs> yeah, and therefore, you know, the film gets its title from that. I didn't dare tell you, right? Uh, and there are many reasons why the son doesn't dare tell mm. uh, the father. But a lot of the effects in the film revolve around these, yes, you know, uh, uh, disparate sets of knowledges. Yeah, we know, we know all, yeah, as a viewer. But actually, you know, the father knows things that the son doesn't know. The son knows things that the father doesn't know. Mm, you know, mm. the neighbor knows things that neither the father nor the husband, yeah. So, so, and, you know, that's kind of a strategy of melodrama because kind of, you know, when the, the audience knows that <laughs> the protagonist is making the wrong decision, yeah, or, yeah, uh, or is being misunderstood, or you know, there's a, yeah, it's being treated unfairly because you know what they really mm, uh, mm. want and did. Um, so it's an absolutely, uh, I think, traditional melodrama, but actually, its way of telling the story is almost high modernist. You know, you have these uh, stark frames, uh, often on diagonals. You know, I was struck by, you know, the clean geometric lines of some of the compositions, mm. right? Uh, also, the frame is sparse, not only in terms of what you see, right? So sometimes people seem to be on a hill and, it, you know, and everything is, is like, you know, it's almost like, a, you know, 100 to 180 degrees mm. of the, mm. the hill, really. It feels so sharply inclined, right? But often then populated by a kind of, Anime, I would say, yeah, or you know, almost an existential aloneness, yeah. So you, often you'll see the child walking along through the hill, and he's alone, mm -hmm. right? Or you'll see the shadow geometrically kind of cocooned in this hideout of this disused, whatever it is that he's hiding in, or yeah. Mm -hmm. So so there's this contrast between, you know, the 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 modernist geometric design. Uh, the uh, existential aloneness of characters who nonetheless live in very demanding communities because those shots are often contrasted with overflowing classrooms. Or, mm, mm. Yeah. Uh, and the melodramatic tone of the whole thing. And I think it's, it's, it makes for a very fascinating film. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was really impressed by it. I mean, the, as you say, the, 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 the framing of the shots in this kind of cinemascope frame with all these shots of the boy just isolated in the middle of a... Of, of empty space were re really interesting but then he takes you inside the house and the house is really claustrophobic and as with Hosho Shen he's sort of filming through windows and through doorways the action's going on in, in, in another room and it re reminded me a lot of um, the kind of thing you see in, in some of those Hosho Shen films like uh, Time to Live and Time to Die um, you know set in similar environments with, with similarly um, sort of difficult parent-child relationships uh, I don't know whether because this this seems to have been not widely circulated at all at the time. So whether Hosho Shen could have seen it, I, I, I really don't know. Uh, but I don't what... know. I mean, I think to me, uh, um, 
it's very different, you know, than how show Shen mm. films. It feels kind of less organic. It really is more modernist, mm. right? Mm. Like, uh, 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 you know, in design um, and in every way. I mean, you know, kind of a certain philosophy of the 60s, a certain kind of design ethos of the 60s that passes, you know, for, for modernism. But within that, there are very traditional... Um, social relationships, right? So the father has complete rights over mm. the child. You know, the child owes complete obedience, you know, to the father. Uh, you know, the father is clearly a wreck, though what has made him a wreck is unclear. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a gambler, right? Uh, he wasn't even there when his wife died, mm, mm. you know, because yeah, he was gambling away the family money. So uh, in terms of what made him that way, Victor Fan's talk, he and, and again, this is this is a, a kind of subtext that that we don't get, a non-Taiwanese viewer wouldn't get that the the area that they're that the boy and the father are living in, that whole that whole village, um, is basically a, a type of village that was built for um, people who'd arrived in Taiwan from the mainland. Would, would would rent houses in these villages, so that that's what that settlement is, um, and I think the implication is that the people who were able to afford to or were able were given access to that housing were people who on the mainland had been in uh, quite high-ranking roles. So the implication is that the reason they're living there is that the father, at one point on the mainland, was a successful man and potentially had a reasonable amount of money, and then lost everything on arrival in Taiwan. And then turn to drink and turn to gambling. So that that's that's the kind of background, which is not you know it's not stated, but the, but apparently yeah. a Taiwanese view would, would get that. Okay, well that makes sense mm. in terms of uh, the film's uh, actions. There are beautiful shots of the father and the son together in the same house. Uh, there there's a beautiful misunderstanding of the father striving his best and working, you know, and maybe like working himself to death in the hopes of getting an education for his son. Mm. Um, I was kind of moved by the whole um, valuing of education. Yeah, we forget how important it has been historically, how hard to get, how expensive, how inaccessible, mm. you know, to the majority of the population, how cavalierly we treat it now. Yeah, actually, yeah. As if it's somehow you're right and you're due. Uh, uh, which of course it, it should be, <laughs> yeah. Um, but here, kind of, you know, it's 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 uh, something very very difficult to get, for which people are making are willing to make very great sacrifices, uh, and thus the drama in the in the narrative when the father thinks that he's sacrificed all of that, mm. yeah, for nothing. Yeah, and then uh, beats the son half to death. And then when he finally finds out. The truth says, "Why didn't you tell me?" It's like, well, because I knew you would beat me half to death if I told you, <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> um, um, now, what did you think of the school teacher character? Um, I, I found that interesting. I mean, it, it, it was interesting getting that context from the Victor Victor Fan lecture about what, what what the meaning of that was. Um, it was a little bit cliched. The whole, you know. Take your glasses off, you're beautiful, kind of thing. Um, but I, I, I did. I found it interesting because one of the problems we should, we should say is that this this is a restoration of the only surviving print, but it is missing 
uh, one reel, so presumably about ten minutes is missing, um, and that's at the climax of the film. So you 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 are missing some of what's going on. But what seems to have happened is essentially the uh, you know the, the Bohemian boyfriend has persuaded the the teacher to to loosen up. Uh, which she has done, but she's all, simultaneously she's persuading him to become less bohemian. So you, you you see him towards the end, and he's shaved his beard off and he's had his hair cut. You then you miss a whole chunk where I think the resolution of that boyfriend story happens in the in the chunk that's missing, unfortunately. So I didn't quite see where that was going, but I I, th- I thought it was an interesting um, characterization. I I, I think uh, you know it, yeah it kind of worked for me, and it, and, it, and it did again it reminded me of. Of, of you know those, um, which one is it? The Green Green Grass of Home with the um, you know the, the school teacher and the romance with um, with Kenny B and this kind of thing. It seems this sort of similar treatment, but undercutting it a little bit with the, the politics. Mm. I mean, to me, it reminded me more of kind of self indulgent art films, in which you know there's always like a poet or a musician. It's always <laughs> autobiographical, you know, and I think, um, again, maybe we're missing a reel, you know, but I think the intersection of that community and an extremely poor household, you know, with a motherless child where education is uh, something that has to be fought for. Mm. Um, I didn't, yeah, so, I mean, I think school teacher, yes, the whole bohemian painting, drawing, you know, they're always associated with classical music. I don't know if you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, probably pirated again. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, I thought that was a bit, uh, you know, uh, layer. And, and, and particularly when you, when you realise that, that that is the director playing yeah, that part, you know. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Because uh, you, you didn't... It it, it's quite odd because he seems to be developing a relationship with the boy and you, you, you don't quite... It doesn't really go anywhere. That he, he sort of mm. is encouraging the boy to, to not conform. But that, yes. it doesn't really get... get again, it might... It, that might be in the Because the, the, the scene, at the point where the, where the, 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 the reel is missing, the, the boy, I think, has just discovered that his, the, his savings have been stolen i think by stolen. another gang of kids and and the, the bohemian artist is, is is helping them but then then you get 10 minutes missing and you you, you don't know what happened you don't know. Um, it's interesting to hear about a missing reel because of course mm. it makes sense on the other hand the film seemed padded to me as well yeah mm. there would be scenes where they're walking in the park and it's just too long Right, or they're going to the zoo, and you're saying, "Why are we seeing all these animals?" <laughs> like, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I know they're in a zoo, but it's almost like a montage of every animal in the zoo. Yeah, yeah. And and, and you do, do think it's like, what, you know, why why is it being padded? And I thought initially, well, it's being padded to make a feature film, mm. right? Because there are too many shots like that, of which the worst offender is, of course, what seems like an endless montage of you know the the high school that the boy ends up going to at the end yes yeah yeah which are like the cathedral of you know the christ or buddha was born right like yeah i mean i i I almost wondered whether that was a because that 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 happy ending is so out of keeping with what's just happened you know you get this this freeze frame of the kid after he's, he's run away from home after having been beaten by his father and you just get this free freeze frame of this traumatized kid. And it's a bit like the ending of the 400 blows, you know, just, just ends in this freeze frame. I thought, okay, that's the end of the film. But no, you suddenly then get this montage of 
of, of, of high schools and him arriving at high school with his with his dad who puts the cap on his head and pats him on the yes. back, you know. And, it, and with it, his dad wearing, a, you know, a, a newly ironed white shirt. Yeah, yeah. But the <laughs> and again, the another thing that came out of, of its fans' talk was the the film was apparently funded by some. Um, anti-communist women's league or something <laughs> funded the film and presumably had no idea what they were going to be getting and so perhaps that was a you know a bit a bit of um, maybe happiness the school to... the school has a uh, English lettering mm. right yeah so, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's written in Chinese but then it also it says something like I detected middle school or something mm. like that written in English. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so maybe it, it was the American school or. Well, yeah, because um, again, this is as as we saw with those um, early, you know, the, um, the, the the short films by by, by the New Taiwanese cinema. They, all all this period was around, you know, U.S. investment and, and modernization and and you know, modernizing Taiwan with, with 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 American money, and so you do get all these scenes. As you say, of these new high schools that had just been built, but also all those scenes of of, um, of construction work going on in the city. And there was an amazing montage of, of um, shots where the the father, who's ill, is doing all these backbreaking jobs, and he, he's build, He's involved in some high rise office building. And you just get this very long shot of the office, uh, and then the camera kind of jump cuts in, and he's it. He it kind of edits together shots of the guy. In different layers of this skeleton of this building, I just, things like that. I just found that absolutely fascinating. Mm. Really well done. Yes, uh, I mean, there's many things really well done in this film. I thought the, you know, the child was superb. Mm. The actor, the young boy, right? Um, and the film definitely, you know, felt raw. I think as a result of the performances. Mm. I mean, you know, the beating was really explosive yeah yeah i mean he's throwing, uh, he's throwing uh, chairs at the kid i mean and it's like yeah they're acting but it's it's, it's yes. a chair you know he's throwing a chair at the kid at the child actor so. and the <laughs> neighbor and the school teacher is getting between them and he's just throwing them out mm. right like uh it's uh, it's it's very brutal uh and very convincing uh so i think you know one can detect an influence of neorealism of the french new wave you know very much uh, in this film but then kind of, you know, with a melodramatic propulsion that I think works to the film's credits. Mm, it's, mm. you know, it's what makes it so, so likable. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to get the reference, but the, either in the lecture or on the text on the website, referred to him being, uh, the, the director being trained by, he he was trained, either trained by, by an Italian director or trained by someone who had worked in it, a Taiwanese director who had, studied in Italy so so that kind of neorealist influence was was probably you know no, no coincidence I think I mean I, I suppose one of the things about watching this film is you know a kind of an, an undertow of sadness mm. because it's such an incredible first feature right it's so visually accomplished and and kind of you know narratively uh, involving that you do you know you you do you one is sad that you know after these first two films the director basically had to move away to hong kong to do anything and then you know i mean i have nothing against exploitation cinemas uh, like some of my favorite films are exploitation films nonetheless yeah that 
uh, you know, particularly if he didn't want to go that route, that that is the route he ended in, mm. is, mm. you know, particularly saddening. I think it's a loss to Taiwanese cinema. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll, there may be more background on on how that change in his career, why that change in his career happened in, in the, the rest of the lecture. So uh, that'll be mm. interesting to see. Yes. In the meantime... Uh, I would highly recommend that people see it. It's playing for another week, is it? So it's on. Um, you have to book it by the twenty, by the thirtieth of January, I think, and then you have seven days after that to watch it. So mm-hmm. it's actually till the end, till the end of the first week of February, yes. along with the other film. Okay, great. Any last thoughts on it, Richard? No, I don't think so. As I say, I highly recommend it. It's it's great to. I, I, well, I, actually, I guess one interesting point: how how would you compare this to the other? Early Taiwanese films we saw, so the you know, dangerous uh, youth. I think, I think I think this is better. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. I, I mean, agree. I think it's 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 you know. So I loved all the other films, right? And the pulpier and the trashier, the better. But they were quite pulpy. They were quite trashy. They did have longers, or you could see the lack of means and experience in them. I mean, I think you know this is a really accomplished film. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and particularly in uh, a, a first film within a film culture of small means. Well, exactly, because really- we've, we've discussed this in the past about <clears throat> the the you know the difficulties that they had in the country getting yeah, getting hold of a film stock, and they couldn't do synchronized sound, and they couldn't do this, couldn't do that. Um, so, so yeah, given all those and, and working with you know with a cast of children and. It, it, it's yeah. I, I think I, I agree with you. This is this is a uh, yeah. Like you, I've enjoyed all of those films from TFI that we've seen, but this one actually felt to me like yeah. You know, this was you know objectively a great film, not kind of oh yeah. Well, this is kind of really good considering it was made in Taiwan in the late sixties. Yeah, it's like yeah. this was this is the, this is a really good film, and this is a director who for his first film really knew what he was doing. But, yeah. And then I guess we'll see how how that developed how in the second film. And then, yeah, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in the meantime, uh, we are thinking aloud about film. Uh, I'm Jose. I'm Richard. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.